you have to have somebody, somebody that's in charge that isn't greedy, right? right? So like you're, you're going into it with your heart in the right place. And if you can maintain that, great things can happen, right? Right. But you have to be able to maintain that and you have to be able to walk that line. And, and unfortunately, you know, I've seen, like I said, I've seen in my career where, where a lot of contests, that is not the case. Welcome to the Shots Rank Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Shaw. And today I have a special guest with me, Mr. Walker Reynolds. And I'm going to read his title just so I don't mess it up. But he is the president and solutions architect at 4.0 Solutions and the board chairman at Intellic Integration in Dallas, Texas. And he also happens to be a sponsor of the Shaw Classic. So we're in here. We're kind of doing a little bit of behind the scenes work for the Shaw Classic, you know, getting a little bit of intel um, on me. And we're going to go into all of that type of stuff because I feel like people will find that really fascinating. But how are you doing, man? I'm doing I'm doing well, Brian. Actually, it's, you know, we have our own podcast. It's, a, it's very, it's always nice to go on someone else's podcast. But, uh, you know, we've spent a whole, for those of you who don't know, we've spent an entire day together. Yes. This is the culmination of the whole day. And um, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. We've had, I feel like, in the conversation today, I, I made the comment just a little bit ago. I feel like we've done two or three different podcasts just with the conversations. It's been fascinating uh, to learn more about what you do and and you know what you're doing with the Shaw Classic. But I would love to learn first and foremost a little bit about your background, just so people know you know your history. You've been into so much and done so many different things. It's fascinating as I was trying to do research on you a little bit more uh, for this. And, and I don't even know where to start, yeah. to be fair. But uh, so, uh, well, you know, anything, any story about me has to start with when I was a kid, when I was seven years old. Um, I'm from Dallas, actually. But uh, when I was seven, my my mom got murdered by my stepdad. And, oh, my goodness. And so I was adopted by a family in upstate New York. I, I was the oldest kid of five kids that were adopted in that family. And my stepfather, who is my dad, who I refer to as my dad, he he was the first person in my life who um, taught the values of discipline, respect, hard work, but also achieving excellence, like the important how to achieve excellence. And I got to see with my own eyes how my dad went from like a working class guy to becoming a Hall of Fame trap shooter. Like he's in the New York State Trap Shooting Hall of Fame. He's a world famous trap shooter, but he was a purely working class guy. And I got to see like what it took as a kid. You know, he used to sleep at night with these, his headphones on and it was uh, like self-affirmation stuff, visualizing success. Interesting. You know, visualizing breaking 500 birds straight with it in his mind, the mind's eye, all these like really important concepts. So with that, that's sort of carried over with me. And I think that's how, you know, your content has resonated with me, my family, my team. But, um, you know, I, I graduated from a really good public school, but I was a poor kid who graduated from a really public school. Um, I have a background. I have an undergraduate degree in sociology. I have a, I'm an electrical engineer. I have a BSEE, and then I have a master's in education. I've spent the vast majority of my career as an engineer who develops solutions for manufacturers. My life's mission is to help save and create middle-class jobs in the United States. And how that aligns with fitness is actually... Um, a lot of people try to don't really understand how that aligns with fitness, but believe it or not, the, the, 
what I do for manufacturers parlays into what we do in fitness seamlessly. So how we came to the Shaw Classic was um, my middle son is a huge fan of yours. We, we've been watching your content for four or five years. Uh, I was a very serious weightlifter when I was younger, um, but I took about 10 years off to build my companies. So I worked 100-hour weeks, 120 hours a week, didn't lift, up, didn't lift up a weight, didn't go for a single jog, nothing. And then my son, Jared, started um, powerlifting a couple of years ago, and I started powerlifting again just to spend time with him. And I think you and I are, actually, I know we're very similar in the way that we approach solving problems. And so I, I took a very scientific approach to becoming a strength athlete. So you're very data-driven. I'm also very data-driven. Um, a few years ago, we were developing a product for Toyota. And while we were powerlifting, I was thinking, oh, this technology we used in Toyota might really actually, we could probably use the same technology in the fitness industry to help us become better deadlifters, bench pressers, and squatters. We could use um, what's known as pose estimation in a vision system to basically monitor us while we're lifting and then tell us what we're doing wrong. What's the likelihood we're going to get hurt? What's the likelihood we're going to have a successful rep? Uh, where do we need to adjust our ergonomics? And then later on, it was, I want to be able to calculate what my maximum bench press would be or what my maximum deadlift would be. And that's sort of how we ended up getting introduced to you. I, I developed a vision system two years ago, literally as a prototype. And then was like, you know what? We really need to collect data off of professional athletes. Why don't we, let's reach out to Brian Shaw and see if, you know, there's synergy there. That's literally, I mean, we sent, our team sent an email to you guys. Absolutely. We got together a year and a half ago. We sponsored the Shaw Classic last year. And we really didn't know what we were doing, right? It was, it was, hey, we want to sponsor the deadlift. We want to put our vision system on the floor. We want to monitor the athletes. We want to collect data off the athletes. And let's see how reliable this system is at predicting maximum weight that can be lifted. And last year, we predicted that Alexei Novikov would break the world record, not just Alexei. Konstantin was also, he was in the running, and so was Gabe Pena, that they, all three of them on that day could have broken the world record in the Hummer tire deadlift based on our, the analysis of the data in our vision system. We calculated that Alexi would be able to lift about 1,272 pounds. He ended up breaking the world record at 1,210. In the post interview, he said, I think I got 1,270 in me. The data supports that. So That's we, were, fascinating. we yeah. were able to predict the world record using this vision system. And then the last year has been, okay, where do we, where do we go next? It works. And Absolutely. The, the partnership with Shaw worked great. Now what do we do? Yeah. I, well, there's, there's so much, you did a great job <laughs> breaking that down yeah. uh, from where you started and, and, uh, <clears throat> and, and just that, that, that timeline, I feel like, you know, from mentioning the one part I picked up there was with your dad and, and being a trap shooter. That's fascinating yeah. because it's such a repeated thing it, and having the confidence to do it again and again and again. And, and you know, I'm, I can only imagine in, in high level shooting, I've talked to some guys that have actually participated and it's, it's fascinating, like how many rounds they need to shoot yep. and the pressure only mounts. Right. So, you know, it's, it's like bowling in a way, right? Like you get a strike and then you need to get another strike. You need to get another strike and kind of keep going like that. So it's interesting that he was listening to things and the things that you picked up on when you were young yep. watching that, you know, and, and uh, I would say with kids, sometimes they pick up more just from observing that you don't even realize they're picking up on. So it's probably very valuable what he was teaching you 
with doing that and just with practicing himself and, and trying to be so dedicated and so great at something, you know, separating himself. You know, it's funny. We were, we just got back from lunch. We, all of us were at lunch for an hour and a half or so having burgers together. And you said something during lunch that my father used to say all the time. And I was going to point it out and just let it pass, but I'll bring it up here. When you talked about <clears throat> how in the deadlift, yep. you literally listed off the sequence that you go through every time you do a deadlift. And you said, I got, it got to the point where that, the reason I do that, well, there's lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is whether I'm alone in the gym or whether I'm in front of thousands of people, I know that I can repeat, you know, I can repeat the deadlift the way that I know that I can do it. And that's the familiar piece. I asked my father this one time, he was shooting in the Grand American, which is the biggest trap shooting event in the world. It's tens of thousands of competitors. When you win a Grand American championship, that makes you... You know, that's like winning the NBA championship. It's, it's the a, best, it's the a, best. The big, biggest deal in the world. And I asked my father if he ever got nervous in shoot-offs because generally what happens in trap shooting is, you know, you'll end up with hundreds of people who got perfect scores in the original event. And then they go to a shoot-off and they shoot 25 rounds at a time. And whoever, you know, eventually people start dropping birds. Nobody dropped, they didn't drop the birds during the original event, but they start dropping the birds in the, uh, missing the clay pigeons in the shoot-off event. And my father is a notoriously um, successful shoot-off shooter. Interesting. And I, and I asked my dad, Dad, why is it you don't crack there? And he said, because every target I shoot at is the first target I've shot at that day. That's awesome. Said, it's literally I love that. I love repeatable, that. repeatable, repeatable. So when you said that at lunch, I was thinking, I was like, and actually we were driving over and Jared's girlfriend, um, Alyssa said, you know, you and Brian are so much alike like so much of your values are the same and so many of the things he said at lunch are things that i thought you had said that's to me already, interesting you know yeah i mean you have to you have to repeat it and that's it's just what made sense to me right. it always has and if you break if you break a lift down i mean i've seen i've seen top level guys top level guys get in big pressure situations and you know like i said at lunch they'll forget to tighten their belt yeah or or just do something completely forget to do something for this lift. And it's like, well, I walked up there and, and this wasn't right or I didn't do that. And in my mind, there's just that checklist and you zone out and you're, you know, you're so focused on the weight, what you have to do, how to execute it. I've run it through in my head how many different times again and again and again. So I've, I've visualized myself being in that situation down to how it's going to smell the lights, the the environment the the energy all all of these different things are things that I've already I've already visualized in my head so when I'm doing that I've already seen myself doing it and being successful so now when I walk out to that bar I do it all the exact same and then all I'm doing is executing what I've already visualized right so it's 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 just that moment you know getting into that moment and I think that that takes practice. It takes a lot of practice and, and, you know, getting into that spot because somebody would say, okay, I'm in my gym training by myself. How do you get yourself to a spot where I'm in my gym, but technically in my head, I'm, I'm in that contest in that moment doing it there. And, and, you know, it, it's something that I've had to refine, you know, certainly throughout my career, but it helps so much to have done it visual, visualizing it in that moment. And it, it translates to performance a hundred percent. It's funny, you know, the data supports that. So one of the reasons we wanted to support the Shaw classic 
we wanted to sponsor the deadlift, get our vision system on the arena floor. So those who were at the Shaw Classic last year, our vision system was on the on the arena floor, maybe 30 feet in front of the deadlift platform. And we literally were filming and tracking every single deadlift movement, collecting data on every one of the athletes. And one of the things that has stood out, we have, we have collected tens of thousands of um, deadlift movements. So that that is we've scraped the internet for them. We've collected them off of our own athletes. We've collected them off of people in our gym. And one of the things that absolutely blew my mind about the data that, that, we, that we looked at last year from the Shaw Classic is how repeatable professionals are. And so here's a really good example. We talk about data fidelity in fitness. If you watch the average person, say, do a bench press, and you watch them do 10 reps, and you really, really watch, you zoom in, use a high-resolution camera, 120 frames a second, you really zoom in and watch them. If they do five of those reps the same way, that it, that that's pretty. That's what a uh, a person who's been in the gym for five years, the guy, the alpha in your gym. So who, it'd be a fifty percent. If they do fifty percent of those reps the same, that's a good number. But you guys, you pros, you're all ninety percent consistent. I mean, the numbers were absolutely mind boggling. It it really stood out as to why it is you're the pros and. Other people are not, and it and it, it is your ability to repeat it, your force measurement measurements. When we were measuring your velocity and force off the floor, you, Trey Mitchell, Alexei Novikov, the three of you from last year's data, your data was so unbelievably consistent at every single weight. So the velocity, the force, your curves, the the acceleration, everything was identical. You could have literally plotted the data points on top of one another until you failed the 1050 yep. and we showed you today in your data, mm-hmm. literally we could predict before you actually dr- drop the bar that that wasn't going to be a successful lift because of the way the curve looked. Every lift that you did was literally, you could literally plot them right on top of one another. Same thing with Alexi, same thing with Trey. All the pros are that way. They're 90% repeatable. And the question is, how do you take that to the masses? Yeah. How do you take what we've learned from you and give that to the masses, right? Yep. And that's the goal this year, sponsoring the Shaw Classic, being on the floor with the deadlift again this year. We'll have the vision system at the expo. How do we take that to the masses? How do we take what we learn from pros and parlay that to the the, the weekend warrior or the, the person who's in the gym four or five days a week? See, and I, I, think, I think that's fascinating, right? To me, breaking that down and really analyzing it, it makes sense, what you're saying makes sense, right? Like you have all the, all the quite literally the top guys in the world right. competing and they step out there and, it, and it's repeatable, right? They, they are following that same path every single lift they're doing because they've done it again and again and again and refine the process. And whether, you know, maybe whether all the guys break it down like I do to a point where it's like, hey, this strap is going on first and then I'm doing this and then I'm doing this, whether they do that or not, they're still getting into a position to lift and doing it the same way, whatever right. their process might be, um, you know, because everybody doesn't necessarily think the exact same way that I do. And, right. and that's totally fine because they can repeat it and have proven that. See, what, what I'm fascinated about is as 
you break down, you know, you're saying, you know, all of these different lifts from videos that you pulled and, and, you know, people that you've been around, it'll be interesting to see. And, and it will be very fun that you will be at the expo. Right. So everybody that's coming to the Shaw classic, will have an opportunity to step in and, and experience this. Right. We're going to put 135 pound. So we're going to put one plate we'll have a second plate so you could do a 135 or a 225 okay. deadlift anybody's gonna be able to come up to the platform and we're gonna be able to collect your data so you're literally gonna be able to pull you if you want to do three pulls you can and then we'll show you three pulls in a row how they how they line up so that them. would that would break down essentially like you and i broke down my lifts right these people could see exactly what They'll they're yep. and it's it's neat to see uh you know all all of the um you know, kind of the, the grid, if you will, that's, that's put over my body when I was lifting, you can see how I'm positioning and when I get into position for a deadlift and then how far the bar is and, and all of these different factors, that's, it's fascinating because you can track when, when, you know, your leg is maybe moving different or your arm is moving different or or you shift a little bit during the lift or like any of this type of stuff is, is, so Amazing. one thing that stood out with your data is very interesting. So of all, all the athletes were exceptional in terms of repeatability, but you were freakishly exceptional. So it, 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 it was you. And then in terms of repeatability on the lifts, it was you. And then it was everybody else. And what, and, and everybody else is still unbelievably world-class in the pro ranks. And by, by that, I mean, they are literally twice as repeatable. That is, Every little detail from the from the the flexion in the hip to the position of the feet to the position of the hands are literally repeatable. The way that they're firing their muscles, the central nervous system is firing the muscles, the the point at which they they start to lever back on the hips, literally ninety percent repeatable among the pros, where it's fifty percent among the average person. Okay, but the thing that really stood out is your data. You were you were on a completely different level. Yeah. Like in terms of repeatability, it was a complete. And then when we broke down the lift today, you told me stuff today that I didn't know about that lift, the 10, yep. the 1050 where, where you didn't complete the lift. You did 900, 950, skipped the thousand and went, went to, to 1050. 1050. Yep. We did not tell you your data that we had calculated that you could do 1075, that you, you had 1075 in you that day. And I asked you, would you have wanted to know? Because none of the athletes knew the data. And in fact, the athletes didn't want to know the data. They're kind of worried that yep. they would know what the data was. They didn't want to know that. But if you had, what would you have thought if I had told you, hey, you have 1075 in you and, and that's an empirical certainty. Yep. Like we have calculated that mathematically. We know 100% you can do 1075. Would you have bailed on the 1050? And what you pointed out was the reason, the, the bigger reason was you lost positioning. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it was very easy to see that in the, in the force graph. You lost positioning, and the and it you weighed whether do I keep pushing and risk injury, yep, or do I bail out of the lift, yep. and and that was information we didn't have. That wasn't something, by the way, we couldn't predict, and we talked about that in the head. Sure. You never know what's in the head at that yeah. time. Here, here's one other thing I wanted to say about repeatability, and this this really stood out today. Today was the first time I've had an opportunity to. You know, I got had a chance to bench press today. We we worked out, which while, was awesome while yeah. you were doing your workout, yeah, yeah. and and I, we got a chance to watch you warm up, stretch, watch your entire workout. You know, for the primary deadlift, and and one of the things that really really stood out to me is you even warm up like a professional, like you warm up like it's a competition. Mm-hmm. You know, every the way you stretch, the the even the the level of intensity on your face. 
while you're literally stretching is that's not something you see in the gym when you go into the the gym down the street. Yeah. You know, you don't see that level of professionalism and intensity. And I would love to be able to teach that to the mass. I would love to be able to take that to the masses. When you did your first warm up, which I think was, uh, um, well, I did some stuff with the bar empty yeah. as, a, as part of the warm up, And then I think the first lift I took was 185. Right. So when you did yeah. the 185, you pulled the 185 as if you were pulling a thousand pounds. Yep. And I think most people would be surprised yep. that that, cause you don't see that in the, in the gym. You don't see people I've, pulling. But that's in, and it's interesting that you picked up on that because that's, that's how I've always done it. Right. So even, I mean, today it was a little bit different circumstance because I was using the big 70 pound uh, rogue uh, 26ers. I think they call them. It's 26 inch in diameter and 70 pounds. So that was the first plate that we went on the bar. But if I was doing a normal deadlift, I would have put one plate, which would be 135 pounds. And I would treat that 135 the same way as the 185 I did today. So it's, it's still a process that I'm going through. And so the warmups are done with intent Right. So I'm not, I'm not just like, oh, it's only this or that. Or, you know, a lot of people are, are very surprised by that actually in some of the video content we put out that actually start at 135. Okay. If you're capable of deadlifting a thousand pounds, why do you start at 135? Why don't you jump at 315 or, you know, whatever. And it's, it's because I'm dialing in the movement and, and the pattern with all the smaller weights. So everything is, how does it feel? And then I'm kind of taking a mental assessment of, how do I feel today? And with all the real life factors um, that are going on, then I'm also on top of that. Typically, I will on my own kind of track the the speed of the bar, mm-hmm. right? So going in, it's funny in the past, I've gone into a contest and I will always say, I can pretty much tell you in the warmups wh- where I'm going to go that day, you know, because you just have days where weights feel like the bar's empty. It's just nothing. And I'm just going up in my warmups and I can already tell that by the time I get to even 300 pounds or 400 pounds, it's like, well, I know what I'm capable of. And this is going to be a really good day because of that. But in, in training, I'm, I'm very methodical in that fashion where I treat every weight with respect. But like I said, it's, it's because of the intent of where I'm trying to go with it. So I'm reinforcing the movement pattern early on so that I can replicate it again and again, right? So if I went up and just, because it's 185 pounds, I just yanked it up and I wasn't, you know, really dead set on where my feet are and how the bar is and where I'm grabbing it and that type of stuff, then should I be able to just turn a switch on at 500 or 600 or whatever and say, well, now I'm just going to jump in and do that? Well, I would, I would argue that, you know, from a uh, dialing it in perspective and, and how the lift is going to go that day, those sets are just as important as the top sets, yeah. the, the early on sets. I mean, the more I do that, the better my lifting is going to be and the more I can repeat it, right? And then I can analyze based on each set as I'm progressing in weight, how does it feel? What's the response? And then, you know, I, I kind of have planned out weight jumps, but also what's the correct weight jump? Should I go up more? Should I not go up more? And where, how much of a jump should I make based on how the bar moved and how I felt? When you were, you were analyzing your videos with the guys afterwards, yep. they were coming up and you had 
you basically two of the digital media team were taking you from different angles. And then yep. at, in between reps, you in between sets, you were literally analyzing the video. Then you were going over you, early on. You were looking at the velocity data. Yep. Then you stopped looking at it. Yep. You know, one of the things that really stood out, and I think we'll talk about this, my team and I will talk about this when we go back, you know, in our gym, um, you know, at the risk of sounding, I don't know how to say this without sounding, but in our gym, we're the, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're the alpha folks in our gym, yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody knows who we are. Sure. Vicente is one of the top squatters in the gym. Actually, I think he is a top squatter. Um, you know, I'm the top bench guy in, yeah. in our entire gym. Everybody knows yeah. who we are. And one of, and, and I, you know, coming and working out here today, a couple of things that just really stood out to me. And I was, you know, you talked about, you know, taking the 185 seriously. Yep. I would take it a step further. You walked up to that 185 as if you were lifting a car off your family. Like yeah. the look on your face. So we have the data. We have, we have the can we've, we've filmed the whole thing. The look on your face when you're pulling your first warm up with any weights on it was as it, it's the same look we see in our gym when somebody walks up to the bar and they're pulling the PR of their life. Yeah. This is yeah, the, yeah. this is the major breakthrough. This is my 500 pound pull. This is my 600 pound pull. How intense they are. You, that's the level of intensity you had on your first warm up pull. Yeah. And if, and if the, in the way, the way that you were stretching, the level yeah. of intensity you had while you're in such, I mean, you literally looked like you were going to eat that machine that was <laughs> loosening your, you know, and, it, and yeah. that, that yeah, really yeah. stands out. I mean, it, it is a huge differentiator. I think that helps point out to us, while we're top tier amateur lifters, right? Yeah, we're not even we're not even in the same you know uh, zip code that you you know you guys are in. You and Eddie and 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 it's not just strength. I mean, yep. the, the, you know, Eddie talks about there was a video that Eddie Hall did that he said you know there are a lot of people who worked as hard as I did in the gym, but yeah. there was nobody who worked at hard as hard at recovery as yep. I did, yep. and how seriously he took recovery, right? Yep. And and treated it like a professional. The more I'm around elite athletes, the more I realize you all have three things in common that really just blow me away. Number one, you have natural, some natural gift yep. okay, that you've decided you're going to maximize. Not you're going to ride, but you're sure. going to take it to its peak, yep. its absolute yep. peak. Number two, it's the attention to detail. Like, I mean, you know, your, your attention to detail is, is, is insane. It's really yep. profound. And number three, it is taking every step of the process seriously and treating it as important as every other step in the process. Sure. And, and I think most, most of us don't do that. You know, we just, we, do, we don't go through life doing that. It's, and it's interesting to hear you say all those different things because I think sometimes I don't maybe see it that way, right? Like I don't, I don't see all those things. Yes, that is absolutely without a doubt how I approach it. And when I'm going in, you know, from, from the moment I start to, you know, put on my shoes or whatever I'm going to wear for that training session, it's kind of like, all right, I'm in, I'm in the gym. Now it's time to, you know, start to dial the intensity up and you kind of get in that zone where you're, you're starting to, to mentally focus, prepare for what you need to execute, what's on the game plan for the day, that type of stuff. Uh, but all, all of those things are important, you know, so I would say that, you know, for me, if I were to let's just say skip that some parts of that warm up or not do it effectively or whatever, that could translate to me not doing as well in the main training session when we get the bar actually loaded up to a bigger weight. So all of those components are are pieces that need to be 
thought about and and executed on to build up to what I'm going to do for the day, right? And also, you know, part of it also is staying healthy, right? So like that warm up, if I'm getting loose and I'm not, you know, walking in to the bar and, and to be fair, I'll even take it as far as going further with the warm up if I, if I need to, right? So if I if the if for whatever reason that first lift, the first you know, pull on the deadlift, or maybe I'm doing bench, it's the first bench or press or whatever, it doesn't feel right. I don't immediately go up and wait. I might stay at that until I refine whatever's going on or get a little bit looser, whatever it might be. And then it's going to help me to have a better session in the end. So, you know, all those components, I think, you know, separating yourself and and I know you brought up Eddie with the recovery. I mean, I can't tell you how many different discussions him and I had, right. And, and, um, and I, I was very open with him about, about, you know, kind of what I was doing for recovery and that type of thing. And all of it, right. I had, I had a hot and cold tub. Well, Eddie gets a hot and cold tub, right. I, I told him I was doing whatever. And a lot of it was, well, Brian is the best right now. I'm going to, I'm going to replicate it. And I actually gained a ton of respect for him because of that. Right. Right. Because it's like, I don't know anybody else that wants to do this crazy stuff like I do, right? And he's like, well, I want to know more. I want to know more. And then, you know, he obviously ran with it on his own. I'm not saying that he didn't maybe do some stuff because he even built like a hyperbaric chamber. And, you know, I mean, I was using a hyperbaric chamber, but I never got as crazy as putting one at my house. I mean, I've done other stuff. And And he did did some extreme stuff with sleep. Like if you looked at the way he like how committed he was to getting sleep for building muscle sure. and like in recovery, like making that like the top priority. Big and, time. Yeah. You know, he was hyper-focused on those things. You know, it's, 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 you know, what part of the goal when, when we built the vision system was we wanted to, you know, we, in our gym, we were actually talking to your media guys too about this. Cause they're, you know, they're obviously in the gym. One of them's a strong man over there. Yeah. And, you know, the in, in I asked him, you know, he goes to a regular gym like we do. We go to a rec center, which is I think there's maybe it's a it's a, it's a world class rec center. It's you know, there are I think maybe four thousand members each year yeah. come through that gym. There's probably forty hardcore uh lifters that we see every day. And then we also work out at Metroflex in Plano, okay, which is where, you know, there's a bunch of big influencers there. Papa Don who yep. tried out for the open, he works out there. Yeah. And we do our big workouts there on the weekend, you know, our big heavy Saturday workout. And that's to go to another level, you know, Mm -hmm. in the rec center, we're the big dogs. We go to the, we go to the Metroflex and we're not the big dogs, right? They're monsters there, right? Well, one of the things we were talking about is all the people we see come and go in the rec center. Yeah. You know what I mean? The thousands, we were talking about this. How many, how many people you see in the year? A thousand people come and go in the gym and there's 40 that stay. And what's the difference between the 40 and the thousand? Well, the answer is the 40 love it. And now everyone is capable of falling in love with the gym. So the question is, why? What, what do we have? Why is it that thousand who came in, spent a month in January and left didn't fall in love with it? And the answer is, it may have been education. They didn't know what they were doing, so they yep. didn't see any returns. Maybe they got hurt, yep. right? They didn't feel welcome. Um, they didn't know what to do. And yep. so whenever anyone comes to us and asks, asks me, hey, I, you know, I want to repeat what you've done, um, what do you recommend? And my recommendation is always go to the gym, do what you love, figure out what you love in the gym and do that every single day for six months. Don't even do a, don't even put a plan in just fall in love with going to the gym every single day. And I I watched you today. You'd have been doing this 16 years, man. And I mean, this is a huge blessing for us to get an opportunity to see you train 
Like we watch your, you know, a lot of millions of people watch your videos, Yeah. but I don't think, I don't think people generally, I don't think people understand how you train. Yeah. Right. I mean, you train as a pro, like when you walk through the door, we, we did this introduction thing. So we get in here this morning, we got here at eight, we set up the vision system, we're shooting the shit, you know, and, and, um, and then Brian says, I'm going to work out, we, I'm going to work from, work out from nine until whatever. My bench press workout was going to be two hours. Brian left the gym and we get all prepped up and everything. And then you come back maybe 30 minutes later and you come in with all your gear in your hands. And I, and is it Jamie or James, 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 yeah. James. So James comes in, introduces himself to us. You come in and the moment you broke the threshold, you were a different Brian than the Brian who was there before you yeah, left. It was like when you broke the threshold, yep. you were training Brian or something. You, your yep. persona was different. Everything was different about you. And it was all business, but you could tell you loved what you were doing. Like you were in love with the process. Yep. You know, That is invaluable for us to see, to yeah. have an opportunity to see that with our own eyes. And, and I wish more people could see it. Honestly, if, I, if I'll be honest with you, I wish more people could see that because... I know it moved me. I know it moved Vicente. I know it moved Jared. When you were pulling the 915 at the end, you know, we're all just standing there and I'm thinking, I work out with some huge dudes and I've never seen anyone pull 900 before live ever. And you had way more in the tank, you know? And then we talk about the breakdown of that and the, which was even a whole other conversation about if, if, if you never get a chance to talk to Brian about how he approaches movements a movement is not a movement. He a movement is a series of events that happen in order. Yep. That's how he looks at it. He talked about breaking the bar off the ground and then the the pull. And it had to do with he understood how the the friction of the plates yeah. on the boards. And I mean it was just it was really incredible. It was an incredible experience to just hear you espouse that knowledge. And that's it's that type of knowledge that we're trying to, I don't know, we're trying to transfer using yeah. using technology. And that, that's part of what the vision systems felt to serve. Well, it's, I think it's a lot of, a lot of it for me is, is just a byproduct of uh, all, always being willing to learn, you know? So like from, from when I started, you know, I came out and, and um, you know, was college educated and, you know, going in to be a strength coach and that type of thing. But I understood that, that there's a very big difference between being book smart and, and pra- having practical knowledge in a situation. So you have to walk that fine line, but, but with lifting, with training, you know, for example, you're, you're using to touch on your point about why all these people join the gym and then, then leave and, you know, don't get hooked or or addicted or, you know, like any of that. And I think that, but it can be overwhelming, right? It certainly can be overwhelming. And and you make a, a very fair point. If you walk in the gym and do what, what makes you happy, what you enjoy, you're going to want to come back and do it more. Right. So at the beginning, is everybody going to love training legs? No. Probably not, right? You're good. You know, I mean, even for me, man, when I when I went in the gym and I was young, what what are you wanting to train as a young male? You're wanting to train the muscles you can see in the mirror, right? So you want to train bench press and biceps, right? So for somebody walking in the gym that's a newbie, you're gonna get you're going to get results. You're gonna get you know the the whatever newbie gains, yep. and you could walk in and train that. And again, you're your body doesn't understand how to necessarily move the weight correctly. Uh, and all of that, that can come in time. But again, if, if you walk in there and you're starting to see results and you're looking in the mirror and you're, you're happy with what's happening, it can be very addicting. 
Cause it's like, Hey, I walk in here, I do this. I feel good. Now, now the, the byproduct of that is I probably want to eat a little bit better so that, that my hard work in the gym is paying off. And then you have this, this amazing cycle that starts to happen in your life where not only that happens, but now you gain more confidence, right? So you're, you're attacking each and every day with more confidence. You're feeling better. I guarantee your attitude is better. And, And this is why I think that everybody should train in life just, just for those for those things, not to compete, but just simply to, to have a better quality of life, right. you know? And I think that that, that definitely can happen. And, and, you know, it's, it can be overwhelming, but, but walking in the gym and, and doing what you love, doing what you enjoy, that's how I got started. And it's all really and truly stemmed from that. Right. So, you know, I, I went to a quote unquote normal gym for, for a long time. And then it started getting harder and harder for me as I was having more success and, you know, everybody doesn't understand that zone, right? The zone that you saw today with training people in a normal gym don't understand that. Right. So I could even have headphones on and be getting ready to lift this, you know, huge deadlift or whatever. And somebody inevitably is going to come up and tap you on the shoulder and be like, Hey, Brian, I just want to get a picture. I want to do this or that. And so that started happening more and more. So I understood that if I wanted to be successful, I needed to have my own training environment that I could control. So I could walk in, I could flip that switch, I could go to the zone that I needed to go to, to train and still love it and still enjoy it. And I've had, you know, anywhere from just myself training to having a, you know, a decent number of different people come in that, that are kind of training with me. And I love all of it, to be fair. I mean, I, I like being able to get in my own head sometimes by myself I like having a crew where there's, you know, different people around you're kind of feeding off of energy. And, you know, if you had a rough day, somebody else is going to pick you up. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things with that. And, and amazing training partners are very, very difficult to find right. very difficult, especially at a high level, because it, it is a sacrifice. And it, it, it's something that feeding off of somebody else's energy like that is, is tough, right? Because there's people that will come in and, and take energy but there's, there's other people that will come in and bring energy. And those are, those are rare. They are rare They're there. If you find those and you can have somebody that you feed off of like that and you both can pick each other up and, and, and even in a group setting, the whole group elevates, you'll get better for sure. Yeah. What we saw today was the type of training you did today. Can't, cannot be done in a public gym. There's no, there's no way that for two, for more than two hours, you maintained a level of intensity and focus and professionalism and execution that just can't, you can't be done in a public gym. Right. But I was talking to Carrie earlier um, while you were finishing your workout and, and you know, the subject to Eddie came up, we were talking about, you know, you guys are obviously really, really good friends and, but you couldn't possibly be more different. No, very different. It's like totally opposite guys. Right. And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, I, I was telling her from a layperson's perspective why Eddie is loved. You know, why do people love Eddie? And why I love Eddie is and is two things. I really love like the type of father he is to his son. I, yeah. I love that. I'm I take being a father very seriously. Yeah. My boys are my whole life, you know, it's but the bigger thing is Eddie showed the entire world what, you, what something you could achieve if you push through the limitations that we impose upon ourselves in our own minds, when he pulled that 500 kg, that was an act of super, not superhuman strength, but superhuman, uh, the superhuman ability to push through that, which we think we are limited by. 
that's why I love Eddie, right? When I look at you and, you know, why, why is it, you know, you and Eddie are like buddies. You know, Carrie told me the story and she said, and I, and I don't remember when this was, but I think it was after he won World's Strongest Man. You were training. He wasn't training for World's Strongest Man yet. Yep. He was getting up in the morning and, it was and he during, was going uh, to training with you. During the TV show when we were right. filming The Strongest Man in history. And he was training with yep. you 100%. every morning as your training partner, even yep. though he had nothing so we had, to train I mean, for. yeah, we had to be on set and, and I had to get up and train and he would still show up. Yep, hundred percent. You know, uh, it, yeah, and, and that is that's the gym bro. Thing. Well, and that that's that the, there's a lot of things and moments like that 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 you know you're you're saying that, but that that's where for me I gain a lot of respect in in that because that's a guy that's that's not just doing it because he's getting clout for it or right. anything. No it's knows. like, hey, you know what, Brian, you're training for this. I'm I'm saying, and it was hard. It was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard for me. And I'm the one training for the contest, right? So we have 12, 13 hours of filming. And then you've got to, you got to eat, go to bed. I mean, for me, I had an entire kitchen set up in my hotel room. So I'm prepping every one of my meals right there. Uh, and, and, you know, Eddie didn't go to that extent, certainly, but it was like, Hey man, what time are you going to train? All right. You know, we're going to be there. And we made a lot of jokes of, Hey, I'm late or whatever, which turned into a whole different thing, but he was there, man. And, and we, we would get it done. And, and that was, it was a really, I think that's probably where a lot of our friendship probably blossomed even more, you know, I mean, right. for lack of a better term, it, it just that mutual respect. So it was like, I had already gained respect for him by knowing what he was putting in behind the scenes. And again, that, that type of mentality where we had different conversations and it's two of us that think very much the same way. Right. So I'm, I am not a guy that's going to say something's impossible. I'm not going to say that Eddie is also the same way, right? right? Like he, him and I are going to, going to potentially butt heads a little bit in, in the, you know, competitive world. And that's just the way it is. But, but there's a lot of mutual respect that can be gained um, by seeing somebody else putting the work in. Right. And that's why I think a lot of people will say, you know, at the top level and strongman, what's it like, what's it like backstage or, or when all these guys get together and, and, you know, a lot of th people would think it, it's super hostile, you know, kind of like everybody button heads, whatever. And, and I think that by and large, there's a mutual respect that has to be had because I know how hard it is for me. So the next guy sitting there in that chair, he had to put work in too to be there, right? So I'm going to respect that hard work. And now when you when you have that underlying respect, now then then you go into competing. And certainly when you're competing and you need a that whistle blows and you got to go compete, you got to you everybody's your enemy, so to speak, at right. that moment. But that doesn't mean that that you maintain that that hostile environment outside of when the whistle blows right when you're competing head to head then the whistles blows at the end and you're done you walk over and say hey man that was fun like you know that was good let's let's do it again right when, so, so last year we had the advantage so two things to that point that actually i i never even thought about until you said that one of the most enjoyable experiences that we had at shaw classic last year which by the way if 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 you are even remotely on the fence of going to Shaw, you should go to Shaw Classic. Like, I, that was the first strongman event I've ever been to that was um, not like a local, put on by a local gym. And it was a just a ridiculous experience. I mean, the energy, 
you know, when Alexei Novikov broke the world, the deadlift world record. Crazy, yeah. And when him and Gabe were going back and forth, that yeah. the energy in the arena at that moment when he walked up and everyone knew that 1210 was a world record and he was going to pull it and the energy, it was ridiculous. Then when Mitch Hooper on the yoke, when he just did a, whatever, an 11 second ridiculous, crazy, you yeah. know, and then Alexi, you and Alexi were both doing circus dumbbell, right? It was, yep. you go in and that energy during that, during the shot classic was ridiculous. I mean, I, we were on the floor. Yeah. We got to feel it. It was a really incredible. I've been to NASCAR events, NFL games. I've never had an experience like that. And that's cool to hear. Yeah. But it was behind the scenes. So we had a chance to do like for the Shaw. Um, is it the T, um, Shaw club member club? Shaw Shaw elite club. Shaw yeah, elite yeah. club members yeah. had, yeah. had the ability to, uh, to, get to go to the vip like the, almost like the press conference thing at yeah the so right? the, the club members got access to buy those tickets anybody right. could buy the tickets to be fair but there were a lot of people from right. the it was a lot of the club because the, yeah, yeah, the ticket yeah. all the vip seats were sold out like right away immediately right? yeah so yeah, yeah. and getting to watch the athletes interact with one another so it was like a whole most people didn't get to see this but it was like a it looked like a press conference it looked like um a fight card almost Right, you had two yep. two tiers kind of, of rows, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. two rows, and the, and all the athletes were there, and and then went around and asked questions, and but you had one of the things I really loved that were um, was Bobby Thompson and Evan Singleton, the way that they were. Oh my gosh, going, yeah. they will, they'll go back and forth yes. for sure. So, yeah, yeah. so watching them during that session, and then be again behind backstage before while they were warming up on day one was priceless. I mean, just seeing how like how competitive they are with one another but also how much they respect and care for one another absolutely like that yeah, yeah. that brotherhood that camaraderie i think and I, I there was a lot of people in the stands i talked to about you know just hey why do you why are you into strongmen like do you do strong because i don't i'm a power lifter yeah like i don't do strongmen none of my, none of us do yeah we know people who compete in strongmen but we don't but yet this is the sport i follow yeah. <laughs> you know i don't follow powerlifting. And asking fans in the in the stands, why do you follow strongman? And you know, you know, it's funny. They a lot of what they said was, it's like real life uh, WWE. You know, interesting. They yeah. said it's like real. It's these none of it's staged. Yeah. But the entertainment value is the same level of entertainment. It's huge, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I couldn't have honestly, I couldn't agree more. It wasn't histrionics and characters and stuff. Although yeah. Evan Singleton definitely plays the. Yeah, I mean, you can right. see his WWE background. Yeah, you can see his yeah, WWE yeah, yeah, background. Yeah. But the, you know, the experience was in just an incredible, you know, and that opportunity to have the conversation with you where you said, I think it was 10 years before you were, you were doing, you were either putting on a meet or you were in a meet across the highway. I, I put it on, yeah, yeah. All right, yep, from yep. Budweiser Event Center. And mm -hmm. you said, you said, we're going to, we're going to do an event. In in, there. in in yeah, the yeah, Budweiser yeah. Event Center one day, and it was 100%. ten year ten years later, right? Or yeah, we were uh, um, just well twelve, yes, twelve twelve years because that was two thousand, yeah, eleven years, yeah, two thousand eleven to two thousand twenty two, so yeah, about eleven years. Yeah, but you, that so was the, the yeah. first one. So the first one is during COVID, your home, yeah, right. The second one was uh, Estes Park, mm -hmm. right. Third one is Budweiser Event Center, yep. right? Which, by the way, that was our first that we got to attend. It, ridiculous experience. 
And then this year, Budweiser Event Center again, except yep. now you've added all these other, like now we have the expo will be there this year. Yep. Then you just, I didn't even know about the arm wrestling piece, right? Yep. So we'll have some grip. <laughs> we got some arm wrestling going on. Yeah. <laughs> so now you got arm wrestling yep. going on. And you were saying that when you were talking to Devin Larratt about this, this idea, he yep. was saying that would be the biggest that would be the biggest well, far, arena that any athlete ever arm wrestled. Yeah, I was I was trying to figure that out if it would be the 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 largest live audience that's ever watched an arm wrestling match. Yeah, and I think it will be. Yeah. I mean, unless unless I'm completely wrong because I may I may be off there, but um, you know, by and large, a lot of those events are pay per view. At, you know, yeah. in different countries and that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the grip. Um, you know, because those guys are pretty incredible really, but don't get a lot of exposure right. and, and these type of things, I think we're going to have, uh, you know, potentially like a quote unquote normal fan from the audience come try okay. uh, a couple of the grip things just to, just to see, you know, like, Hey, what, what, how hard is this? Um, and, and, and try to have a little bit of interaction that way. But, you know, it's, it's so interesting to get feedback on the event because there's, there are a lot of people that came that had no prior knowledge about Strongman, not a fan before they came to the event and they were just kind of like hey somebody was going and said we should come and they thought it'd be fun and this type of thing and those type of people are so happy they came and they said we are coming back 100 like yeah. we'll be back there next year because it's so incredible that energy right these type of feats of strength to watch them in person there's there's quite literally nothing like it like yeah. it's just we, we yeah. walked away this is this is the when we walked away I didn't get to stay for day two. We had, we had been there early. The part of the team stayed for day two. I didn't get to stay. I had to leave, which disappointed me because I didn't get to see the car. Um, press. Lake press. Yeah, right, yeah, lake yeah, press. yeah. But one of the things that I, when we came back and we looked, you know, and I thought about the experience and I, and the speech you gave when you were talking about the athletes and being athlete focused and yep. you want to have the highest prize money and you want that, you know, you, you want to give the athletes the best experience and you were spending, you're going to go ATVing with the athletes and all that stuff yep, yep. afterwards. Right. And, and, you know, I had a chance to talk to Luke, Luke Stoltman and, you know, Luke, you know, cause he had to pull out after the second event. And one of the things that Luke told me was how important it was to him to be here. You know, Tom couldn't come because of the issue with this flight and everything. Sure. How important it was him to be here because this was something you were doing for the that Brian was doing for the athletes and the yep. Shaw Classic is going to become the premier. I would argue it is the premier strongman event already. Yeah. But what are we decided as a team when we left? We said, went back to my board of directors and I said, you know, Brian, these athletes are incredible. Like these aren't. This isn't some guy working out in his garage. And these are these are world class athletes. And Brian is trying to create a, an event where they are paid, you know, the best that they could possibly be paid. Sure. Have the, the absolute best experience, everything that trifecta and everybody did yeah. with meals for all the athletes last Absolutely. year was ridiculous. Yep. And we said, we want to double our sponsorship. Like no matter what, we're going to double the sponsorship. Which is incredible. Yeah. And we're going yeah. to tell Brian, you know, we want, and, 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 you know, we want to help put more money towards the athletes, whatever yeah. we can do. And then we spent the whole last year, before we knew what we were going to do, we spent the whole, we we made the commitment and we spent the whole last year saying, okay, what are we going to do here? And we today we had a chance to look at the data. Yep. We had a chance for you to look at the vision system in person and say, because one of the things we're talking about is, you know, do we overlay our data on the live stream? Which so, is yeah, and so, this is an exciting. I right. mean, nothing like that will have ever been done right 
ever. Right. So, and this is, this is what it's all, this is what it's all about. I mean, this, this plays perfectly into it because that's what I want to do, right? I want to do stuff that hasn't been done. I want to take care of the athletes better than anybody does because with, without the athletes, there is no contest. Right. right? And that's, that's the point throughout my career, I would say is one of the biggest takeaways, right? Is in the sport of strong, but we don't have a athlete committee or a representative or something that walks in and says, Hey, let's negotiate how this contest is going to run and what portion goes to the athletes. Like, you know, the NFL would have that or, you know, major league baseball or whatever they have. They have that person that represents the athletes and they have a meeting between the owners and the athletes and you come together. Right. And that's what, that's what hasn't happened. And it's been very frustrating to me throughout my career, you know, because the lion's share of everything goes to the promoter big time, big time. Right. And, and that's, that's by and large what, what the Shaw classic is all about. Right. So yes. Does it cost a lot of money? Of course it does. Right. That that's, I mean, you're talking, people have no clue, no clue on the back end, how expensive it is to run it and make it happen. But the, the it's, it's, by the athletes for the athletes. And that's where, that's where the focus is going to stay. And so treating them with respect and, and running the contest in that manner with that, that in mind, because you have to have somebody, somebody that's in charge that isn't greedy, right? So like you're, you're going into it with your heart in the right place. And if you can maintain that great things can happen. Right. But you have to be able to maintain that and you have to be able to walk that line. And, and unfortunately, you know, I've seen, like I said, I've seen in my career where, where a lot of contests, that is not the case. Right. So the, the people that are there to call the shots at the top, their heart isn't necessarily in the right place. It's all about, well, here's the bottom line. Here's the dollars and cents, you know, and, and these guys will do it for this prize money. So why would we ever pay them more? That's the, the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Like why, be, why, because you know. you know, because you're the one who knows the value of the market. The athlete doesn't. Yeah. And you have a moral responsibility to this tell is, the, to tell the athlete what the value of the market is. Yeah, yeah. I say this in all my businesses. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not our employees jobs to come and negotiate for a raise. It's my, it's, it's my job as, as the leader of the organization to, to figure out based on the market, what they're worth. Sure. And then tell them what they're worth and, and pay them accordingly that, you know, it it has to do with this leadership, leadership and success is a responsibility. It's a blessing, but it's a responsibility. I want to, I wanted to read something to you, you know, this morning before we came over here, um, I, you know, our digital media team, like your digital media team has me, you know, so I had to, I had to tweet out a thing that went on LinkedIn as well. Okay. And it was like, Hey, we're going to hang out with Brian Shaw today. We're going to be showing the vision system. I'm going to get a chance to bench press there. And today I'm going to do my big, I'm going to try and do a triple PR and break the Texas, be the first time that I, I do, you know, the Texas state record in the bench press for my age and division is 411 pounds. My goal was to do 415 today equipped which would be the first time I did a weight over the state record. Which is awesome, yeah. And that's what I'm working at. I had a chance to do it. I did it. Yeah, it was fun to watch, You're the first person to fist fist pump me. Yeah, yeah. So I I posted that. And this guy, Noah Dupes, so shout out to Noah, and I'll send you a link here. He's he's in our industry. He's an engineering manager, plant and equipment for a manufacturer. But he said, you know, I'm beyond jealous that you're going to hang out with Brian today. Brian Shaw is a legend within the strongman community due to his accomplishments. But... 
His focus over the past few years is to help grow that same community that has blessed him with all of his achievements. You and Brian are both very similar in that regard, where you both value giving back and helping train the next generation so that the communities you love will be in a better position than when you started off. Keep up the great content and the great work. And I, there's this book uh, called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. He's a social scientist, writes for the New York Times. And everybody climbs two mountains in their life. Mountain number one is when you're taking care of yourself. You, 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 as soon as you're done playing basketball, you become a strength athlete. You were right. You openly admit I had no money. I had no. Totally. Yep. Through success, hard work yielded success. That success yielded a brand that gave you influence and, and power. And you could use that for good or bad, right? You could, Absolutely. Have, you could Absolutely. be the 800 pound gorilla or yep. you could be a force for good. Yep. You chose to be a force for good for the athletes. I can tell you as a sponsor, all of our conversations when we talk about this are athlete centric. Yep. You know, it's Brian athlete centric. Brian, you know, the, the reality is, is that when you climb your second mountain, that's after you've taken care of yourself, we all have a choice. And that choice could be, I could do more for me or I could do more for others. And leadership and, re, and leadership and success is a responsibility. And it is very refreshing to spend time with people who conduct themselves that way. And, that, and that's Noah's sentiment there. I, that's I wanted, awesome. I yeah. read that to Carrie earlier. I wanted to make sure I read, I got no, a lot more like him. But the, you know, at the end of the day, I told you guys this last year, all the athletes, I do not believe that the strongmen athletes understand their impact on the world. Yeah. I do not believe, I personally, I told you guys this, <laughs> I have seen the impact you've had on my own children. Yeah. You know, um, my own sons, the, their friends, yeah. the, 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 you know, everyone knows who Brian Shaw is. Everyone knows who Luke Stoltman is. Everyone yeah. knows who Alexei Novikov is. Yeah. And everyone knows who Eddie Hall is. All these guys, you know, and we could talk about the, just the crop of athletes that you have today. We talked about this. Yeah. The, 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 Strongman is so unbelievably stacked right now. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And where did that come from yeah. if 15 years ago it wasn't stacked? There were sure. great athletes, but it wasn't deep. Now yeah. it's so deep. Yeah. You guys have such a huge impact in the fitness industry, not just in fitness, but in sports in general, that I, I personally believe that Strongman will continue to grow. I, I do believe Shaw Classic is the premier event. I believe it'll. I, be, I believe it'll be widely recognized as the premier event. If it's not this year, it'll be next year or the year after. It'll be the Grand Slam of Strongman. I don't have any doubt about that in any way, shape, or form. But I, I really wish if there was anything I could convey to the athletes, it's the impact that they have. That they yeah. really genuine. They genuinely are a force for good. Yeah, you know, in in this world, in 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 the and their impact goes so much further than I think they they realize. Yeah. You know, yours yours. Well, included. I mean, that's that's what it, that's what it's all about, right there. I mean that that message is is huge, right? Because you can and and I like I like the the two different mountains that right. you climb and you know what what you try to do and and you know it it all comes back to very much in my mind it's it's you treat people how you want to get treated. Right. Right, and that's that's really on everything that that I do, and in, in everything that I do, and, and what I think about is that's that's what I would want, right? And I, when I got into the sport of strongman, I was said, and I said it early on, I want to leave it in a better place than than when I started, right? And I've seen a lot of growth, and I've seen a lot of different things happen, but 
there, there's, there's things that I want to see happen that haven't happened yet. And we're, we're working toward them. Right. And, and I, I do think that they're going to get there. And, and this is, you know, part of what I'm going to continue with and continue to work on. And, you know, just, just things that, you know, I don't, I mean, if I'm being completely honest in this, I guess you can take it. However, I don't, I think I'm the guy that has to do it. Right. Like, I think, I think that that's, that's my position. Now I, I need to take on that role, but not from a, an arrogant standpoint or, or like, Hey, I, I'm going to, you know, put myself in this position. It's more, okay. I've, I've worked very hard to accomplish what I've accomplished. And now, like you said, you can be a force for good, but, but you know, I, I have to be that driving force. Right. And I can, I can continue to be that. And that is what is so rewarding because, you know, behind the scenes and we're sharing a little bit more uh, now content wise leading up to the shot class of, of, of kind of the, the, the inner workings of what it takes, because I don't think a lot of people really understand how extremely difficult it is for me. It is, it is for Carrie as well in our team to, to make this happen, right? Like there's so much that goes into it and so much of it is above and beyond just because we care. Right. So you could, you could do a contest and in my mind, you could, you could do it good. You could do it better. You could do the best. Right. right? And for me, if I get into anything, it's going to, we're going to do the best. And that's just, that's what I'm going to be okay with. At the end of the day, I have to look in the mirror and say, did I do the best that I absolutely could do? And every decision, that's every decision behind closed doors, anything. And like you said, it's athlete focused. So if, if something is not good for the athletes, we're not going to do it. Well, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. If it, you, if what you're able to achieve when you're training to compete yeah. and put the event on, which is the part I'm having trouble really wrapping my brain around still. <laughs> yeah. Is, you and me both. Right. But, <laughs> but the, the, the fact that you're able to put on that, that you and your team are able to put on an event the way you do while you are training to compete. Yeah. I can't even imagine what you'll achieve once you're not training to compete in the same event. It's really like the video y'all dropped today. I, we watched it on the drive over, watched the first eight minutes or so while we were going to lunch. Yeah. And there's a snippet in there with that engineering firm. We talked about the machine builder who builds yeah, the red iron. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. So we saw that snippet in that video. I actually love that you y'all dropped that in there. Cause one of the first questions I, I asked when I came here is, you know, Brian, when you're building apparatus, like who do you call to build an apparatus? You know what I mean? Like you've got a new idea yeah. and he like, he started, <laughs> he tells the story about this relationship, this guy, he trained, you know, whatever, two, de ago, you know, yes. two decades ago. And, and then in, in exchange for training, this guy owned an engineering firm that could build stuff and he would, and the guy would build equipment and, yep. and that relationship. And he passed away a few years ago, yes. but, yep. but that relationship still it's, oh, it's, it's like just, a family his son is over literally yep. like a family yeah. and, and that's that's what it's all about so you know as you grow those those relationships as well i mean i'm i'm still going to the same guys that you know have helped me since day one you know and right. and that's very important to me and and uh you know they care about they care about the contest and the equipment and the contest just as much as i do they want it to be successful and safe and right. you know they they put a lot into it you know and, and that just on their side of it we have meetings and then they even go think more i think more we come back together and it, it's it's going to be fun to show more of that kind of behind the scenes yeah. the inner workings of how we how we bring it to life you know and and i think if people watch those uh videos they can get in a a little bit of a look into okay what does it take right like what what are we doing and everything is i mean 
at this point, I told, I told Carrie last night, like we have to figure out how we can shut it down a little bit earlier at night. Cause it, it's not only we work out here, then we go in the house and then we're doing so much other stuff and she's got her computer out and I'm working. And, and it's like, we, we have to find that, that a little bit of balance there as we're going in, but it just means, it means so much to me. It means so much to her. Right. And, and, and I think that at the end, you know, I think, uh, if people come this year or, or, you know, if they can't come and they watch it online, there's going to be so much stuff where, I think the wow factor is going to be big, right? And I think that it's going to be special, you know, for a lot of different reasons, not only uh, because it's my final contest, but I think just that aside, I think just the evolution of the event itself, right? This, this year now we're, we're, we're growing more and that's evident in so many different areas. And uh, you know, I mean, I appreciate you saying that that you think it's the premier event and and you know giving that that endorsement to it but that's my goal like i said i do i'm not going into this i i I would be lying if i said i didn't want it to be the best right right? and that's from day one that's just what i do i'm not i'm not going into it to be like well it's okay no no we're going for the best and and i'm going to keep working and and make sure that that it is the best i want it to be the best and that's that's something that i think is very important and uh you know, like I said, without the athletes, again, I could, I could put in all the hard work. I could be, be, you know, let's just say the best promoter, the best, this and that, but without the athletes, that, that does not matter, right? The event will not be what it is without the athletes. Last year, Shaw Classic was the heaviest of mm. the strongman event, um, competitions last yes. year, yep. right? So it was the heaviest, which means it's the hardest. Yep. Okay, of all, we were we had this long conversation about moving from six to eight events, and your philosophy on, you know, strength is not just static strength; it's dynamic. There's many grit. You we need to be able to test people's grip. We need to be able to absolutely. We got to yes. test everything, right? Yep. We had this long conversation, and actually, I wish we, you're right, we made the joke that we've we've talked a lot that we've done three podcasts already today, but yep. it is true we talked shop a lot a lot of engineering a lot of data but a lot of philosophy as well you know shaw classic last year was the heaviest it's going to be the heaviest obviously it's going to be the heaviest this year because it's heavier than last year and this is the event every athlete wants to be at like and i and and that's not you telling me that that's me talking to the athletes and to a man every single person was like i would have you know i would have walked here to compete you know, well, see I, that that speaks volumes, you know, right there. I mean, that's and that's 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 cool. It's cool yeah. to hear. It's cool to hear you say that. And and you know, I certainly get the responses from the guys and how excited they are. And you know, it it typically does not take very long when I send out the invites to get a response. I'm in. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. <laughs> you don't even need to ask, man. I'm there. <laughs> like it's you know that kind of thing. So they're they're excited, and that makes me more excited. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully we can keep going in that direction and, and, you know, it's important, uh, you know, to have sponsors like you coming in because, and I said this last year, but, but it helps so much with the growth. And I think that there's so many cool things right now, just seeing what I saw today, I think there's so much potential with what, what you and your team have put into, um, all, all of, you know, the whole vision system and what we're capturing. And from a data standpoint, I mean, like you said, I'm a numbers guy. I like, right. I like that. And I, you know, try my best to blend 
how things feel with with what the data is saying and 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 walking that line it's such an interesting conversation to have uh you know from this standpoint but it's going to be neat i'm really excited to see what we can do and where you guys go with with everything you're doing and and how it can potentially get to people because i'm sure there's going to be people listening to this saying wow that sounds really cool i would love to have that as a tool which i think it will be an amazing tool once it's ready for that. So we know? talked to a lot of trainers and we, 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 we've shown the vision system to a lot of people, you know, our goal, like our sponsorship, we don't make, we make no money off the sponsorship. We don't, yeah. we don't have a product to sell. Totally. The, the vision system is something we are developing. And if we can, we're going to open source it. We're going to get, we're going to give it to the world and let the world turn it into something even better. If we can, yeah. if not, we will, we will take it to market. And our goal is to, to make it so that it runs on a smartphone, which is amazing. So that any athlete can drop it in front of them while they're working out. And it's just an app. And right now what we did this year is we've reduced it down to a camera that cost a hundred dollars, you know, and last year it was a much more, it was a thousand dollars worth of equipment that had to run it this year's it's a hundred dollars, but our incredible. Yeah. Our sponsorship to the Shaw classic, we, there's no, financial return it's not like we we didn't because we weren't trying to sell anything yeah right there there are this is us supporting the shaw classic which and supporting is amazing the athletes. yeah yeah and what we're getting from the athletes is data it get it gave us got us on the plant onto the floor and allowed us to collect athletes off the be, uh, data off the best athletes in the world and it was very illuminating to us it yeah. was invaluable data because the accuracy of the movements of a professional athlete is double the average person. So we're able to create um, machine learning models that are much more accurate than what is currently available anywhere in the market. But what's the ultimate goal? Well, there's two goals. Goal number one is we want to get more people in the gym, enjoying fitness, falling in love with the gym. And we believe that by giving them a zero touch tool, a tool that doesn't, that they put on their phone, they monitor themselves they can they get immediate feedback they can learn how to get better with what they love it's going to keep people in the gym but the thing the other thing is we talked about early you and i on the data piece you know there's two things that you absolutely you really can't measure like uh digitally now there it's the central nervous system the state of the central nervous system and the state of someone's head yeah what's in their head right now there are there are there's solutions out there there are there are tools out there that can give you a CNS readiness score. Okay. I can, we can easily measure how strong you are by putting sensors on you. That's very easy, right? You can put it on equipment. You can, we want to do it zero touch with vision. There's no sensors on you, right? We were showing you all, see all these points on you. Normally that would be a sensor in a, in a lab. When I did early on, not to take away from what you're saying, but early on for me, I did go to a lab and they had me rigged up and this is early, early in my career. And I was actually deadlifting on force plates just to analyze not my stance, right? What could I get more power out of? And then what footwear I was actually wearing to deadlift in, right? So I could figure out what, what I was generating more power. But again, they had me rigged up. I had this headband on with all the sensors and all that. So it's like, you literally are doing that and can do that better. Yep. Without having to have all the sensors. Without, and, and, and the athletes yeah. don't even need to know that it's there. Yeah. So, and, and uh, I mean, the athletes knew that it was there, but they didn't need to know it was there. They yep. didn't, in order for us to collect the data. But the, if, if, what, if what we can do is we can get better at measuring central nervous system readiness yep. using technology, well, then what we can do is we can 
we can reverse engineer what's in the he- athlete's head in the white space. So if I can accurately measure in black space your strength, your velocity, your force, if I can actually accurately measure in the blue space central nervous system readiness, then in the white space, the place where we're not measuring anything, the only thing left is the mind. Yeah. And so then what we can do is give accurate measurements of your mindfulness, your central nervous system, and your performance to coaches, to athletes, to the world. That's yeah. at the end of the day, that's one of my original visions was let's take the data we're collecting and let's stream it to Rogue in real time. Yeah. Let's just call Rogue Fitness and let's say, hey, let's stream the data to Rogue and let them do something with it because they have their own lab where they build equipment and sure. test performance. But why don't we send, well, the one thing they don't do is test performance in real time of professional athletes in competition. Yeah. Right? What if we did that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it, it, the, the truth is the, the opportunities are limitless. They yeah. really are. And, and, and the results are, are only good. They're, they're good for humanity. They're good for individuals. They're good for pro athletes. Yep. They're good for everyone. The fans. Well, I mean, you, like you said, if you break it down and it's not, not a professional, but somebody just trying to learn, right? Right. Like, Hey, I'm walking in the gym. I've never deadlifted fo- before. Right. Right. What I can rig this up. And, and if it were to give me feedback on, on my stance and my position and, you know, potentially bar path and like this type of stuff, then I could refine it with knowledge that that's providing me. Or as a coach, I could, I could look at an athlete and say, hey, maybe I didn't quite catch this with my eye, right. but here's what it's spitting back and saying. Right? Right. So now, now I need to take a look at why, why is your left hip going up or, or why is your knee shooting out a little bit here or whatever. So you, you could potentially use it as a tool to get better, which is really cool, right? right? So, I mean, I, I think that, that would be great. It's something that, I mean, you know, I would use that in the gym. I would right. put it on myself and say, hey, I can instantaneously go back to my phone and get data on the lift I just did to be better, right? Yeah. So I'm improving. So at every single level, in theory, you could get better and, and potentially maximize your training, which would be huge. And, and, the, and, the, and the level thing is what we talked about earlier, right? There's these levels to our education in fitness, right? When the, and when you first get in the gym, the education is where do I start and what do I do? <laughs> you know, we do it all the time. We'll see new newbies come in. There'll be bench pressing or de- specifically deadlifting. If they're deadlifting and we see them in wrong form, we just walk up and, hey, try to help a couple yeah, of pieces yeah. here. You, you know, activate your lats here, squeeze your shoulder blades together, stand up with the bar before you start to flex your hips. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, but that's a person coming yeah. in and it, and it could be embarrassing for someone yes. doing that. Right. And as yeah. you walk a fine line, you know, the, the, that level, that's level one, right? And then level two is, well, now I'm getting a little bit more serious, but now I've plateaued. Yep. I know what I'm doing, but now I can't get any more gains. Sure. Right? And then level three is, okay, I've, I've reached my genetic potential in overall, you know, general physical preparedness, what Louis Simmons used to call GPP all the time, right? Yep. I've, re- I've reached my genetic potential there. Now I want to specialize. I want to become a bench press specialist. Sure. Right. I want to break the Texas state record in the bench press for 49 year olds who weigh 242 pounds. Right. Yes. How do I do that? Yeah. Right. That's level three for me. Yeah. And so then it's, I have to ship. Now I'm focusing on, if you look at me analyzing data, I am literally looking at the slightest movement flexion of my elbow in a stroke on my 19th rep when I'm repping out 225. It's how consistent can I stay when I, I did 225 by 27 today 
And all I really cared about were the last five reps. Sure. Once you fatigue. Yeah. And, yeah, did, yeah. did I maintain form through yeah. the last five, five reps? Did, and, and form is not one inch. It's, no. did I move a half a centimeter Just flexing, flexing my elbow? That's level three. And then level four, which is something we were not exposed to, is what you guys do. Yep. It's the, you know, you've already done all the, and, and it may be more than that. I mean, I just made those levels up out of my, uh, pull them off the, out of my butt. But the, sure. the point is, I think that those are the levels. Yeah. And now it's, it's with you guys. And we were talking about it, you know, uh, with nutrition. You know, we, oh, there's all these nutritionists out there. Well, how does a nutritionist know if their recommendations to you are effective if they're not tracking your key data points o- over time? So like, I, obviously the obvious one would be glucose. You want to track, track glucose all day long, sure. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then, and then they want to be able to track what you consume and when you consume it so that they can tweak what's going in, what's going in and and its impact on you. Well, there's a new sensor out this new thing that you could put on the back of your arm. Yes. You've seen it right now. Those type of invasive sensors, I don't think are practical. Yeah, most right. people aren't going to necessarily right. want to do it. Yeah, we have to figure out a way to track glucose the same way the same way we're doing ergonomics, force, and velocity with zero touch with vision. We have to figure out a way to do that. Th- the next advancement for those level four guys, yeah, you guys, is that how do you track without touching the blood? Sure. And the truth is, you can do it. I mean, it's not that you can't. The technology, yeah. te- you know, the technology is there. It's just what we need is a market to drive it and then someone to commit their time to it, similar to what we've done with the, the vision system. That's, because there yeah. are a lot of people out there who are capable of doing what we did, just no one did it yet. Yeah. Right? And you gave us the opportunity to collect the data from the right athletes and that just, you know, sent us over the well, edge. It, it, and like, it goes back to saying, you know, kind of where, where can you go with something if, if you're dedicated to it and, and you want it to happen. Right. Like if you're, if you're driven to make it happen, then can anybody really stop you? And I don't really think so. I really don't think so. You know, and and I think that a lot of people don't necessarily approach life in the world that way. They have limiting beliefs and they, they, you know, the first thing, which is to be fair, the easiest thing to say is I can't, or it's going to be too hard or, you know, like that, that's the easy way out. It's always the easy way out. And you can say those things so quickly and so easily out of your mouth and then you talk yourself out of it and that's the end of it right so it's like oh well, i had this great idea but guess what you didn't act on it you didn't do anything about it you didn't you didn't try and again it may not come easy it's going to take hard work and sacrifice and dedication and you know a relentless drive and passion to make it happen but you can do it it's just it's just not taking no for an answer and and you know if you meet a wall maybe you need to go down and find a door to get, get through the wall. Mm-hmm. And that may take a little bit, but you'll get there. That, and that's, that's a, it's just a, a very, a very good mentality that you have that we've just been talking today of how you approach it and yeah. saying, well, <clears throat> going back maybe to, to seeing your dad being so repetitive and driven to be the best at something, you know, and, and I, I, in, in my eyes, like, I hope my boys see that too, you know, cause it, it's something where, you can try to talk all day, but you know, some of the stuff you think maybe doesn't set home with them, but, but seeing it, right. So it's like, well, it's action. You're seeing action, not, not necessarily what I'm saying, but Hey, this is what I'm doing. And maybe I don't want to do this at this moment, 
but it's what needs to happen to get the job done. So I'm going to go do it. And they're going to see that and hopefully they'll pick up on it, you know, as well. But, uh, it's, it's cool, man. I, I think you're doing incredible things and Thank we you. haven't even, this is only what's crazy is this whole conversation is just an offshoot yeah. of all of the other stuff yeah. that you do, which we haven't even gone yeah, into. Talk, well, you know, I all. wanted to, you talk about your sons, right. And I hope they see, you know, I, you know, I, I work out in a hoodie that says fathers matter, right. I, I, Take, I like that. I like that a I, lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I take being a father very seriously. Yeah. One of the things I talk to my dad all the time, you know, I'm, I, I'm an accomplished engineer. I'm really well known in my industry. And I talk about my, I'm 49 years old. I talk to my father all the time. I'm constantly saying things to our students, to my, the engineers who work in our team, lessons, things that my dad said. And there are two things I wanted to talk about that I'll touch on before I forget. You know, you said when you first came out of college, you were book smart, but you didn't have a whole lot of experience. Or you know, sure, when I graduated, I was first person in my family to graduate from college. And my father came to my—I threw my own graduation party. My dad comes to my graduation party, and he was a working class guy. And he pats me on the back and he says, "I'm proud of you, super proud of you." But I'm here to tell you, nothing you learned in school makes a bit of difference in the real world. Your real education starts today, he said. And interesting. You, I, and I started a new job on Monday, and he said, "When you get there." He says, you have a, a choice. You have a choice between being like most college graduates who think that they know everything because they just spent four years in school getting a theoretical education, or you can go in thinking you know nothing. You can go find the guy who doesn't have your education, but has got all the experience you don't have. Yep. 35 years, you attach yourself to that person, you learn everything that they know, Yep. right? And, and I did that, and a lot of the other college graduates that I started with did not. And, it, and I've told this story a million times. It's made all the difference in my life. And that I, going in with a mindset that I'm here to learn, yep. that I know everything, made all the difference in the world. But here's the other thing about my father. Um, you know, you talked about mindset. And my, my parents' mindset was discipline, respect, and hard work. That until you have those three things, don't focus on anything else. Yep. Discipline is the art of doing what you have to do when you don't feel like doing it, yep. right? Respect is understanding that there are people out there who have made decisions. There are institutions out there that have come before you that you need to respect. Just because you don't know all the reasoning behind every decision doesn't mean that that decision wasn't made in good faith and that they know what they're talking about. Yep. And hard work is get more out of every hour than somebody else. Yep. Focus on those three things first, right? But then the big thing my father used to say was, everyone has a reason to be a victim. Yep. Like every single person has lived a life where something has happened to them where that could be the crutch that they leaned on the rest of their life. And my mind was my mom's murder. Totally. And my father, my stepmom and my father, they never allowed me to use it as an excuse for bad behavior, bad grades, bad anything. Even to the point where my mother, my stepmom said to me, or my adopted mom said, I know that you miss your mom. And I know that you feel this sense of loss. I was like 10 years old. And I was like, you know, I may, I used my mom's death as an excuse for why I didn't clean my room or whatever. Yep. And she said, but you can't, you're dishonoring your mother's life by using her death as an excuse to fail. And that's like, powerful, man. It was like getting hit yeah. in the face with a two by four. So over the course of the rest of my life, I always tried to look at the world. The glass is half full. Yeah. You know, what is the ray of sunshine in every situation? And this is what I tell people. You know, you guys watch, do you guys watch the People Are Awesome YouTube channel? 
You ever go on People Are Awesome? I haven't seen. I can't say I have, no. Should, have you guys looked at People Are Awesome on YouTube? All right. We'll have you to should, pull it up. You should look it up. Okay. Okay. All it is is videos of people achieving the impossible. Awesome. That's all it is. It's, and believe me, it is literally things that every person would say that can't be done or I couldn't do that. Sure. And it is a, it's literally a YouTube channel that is nothing about the art, nothing but the art of the possible. That's cool. That's really all it cool. is. Yeah, That's yeah. all it is. And, and one of the things that I love so much about this opportunity, right? I said this to Jared, you know, and I, I don't know, you know, you are literally Jared's hero. I told you this last year that, you know, the first, when he saw you last year, that was like him. That was like me meeting Michael Jordan when I was 18 years old. I would have fainted probably, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when we were dry, you know, he had a chance today to, you know, bench press today and squat in your gym and watch you do a workout. And we hung out all day long and had lunch together. And as we're coming back, you know, I said, Jared, was that, you know, this has this been cool for you, you know, yeah. spending the day with Brian. And he said, yeah, you know, um, you know, dad, you made that, you made that possible. It, you know, you did this. Yeah. And I said, you know, not really. You know, I was thinking this in my head when he said it, not really. Um, Carrie said this, Alyssa said it, you know, the reason I think that you and I have come together is that we view the world in a very similar way. Big time. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. One of the first things we ever talked about was values. Yeah. The whole conversation we talked about was values and impacting the world in a positive way and giving back. And how can we, how can we take whatever platform we have and use it for good? And I think that, you know, the world, what we get out of the world is a function of what you put into it. And what I put into the world and what you put into the world ended up cr us crossing paths. And I agree. And in this I agree. room right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean? it's, it's interesting to me to hear you, you know, talk about your parents and what was kind of instilled in you and what the expectation was. And, you know, it's very, very similar. I mean, I don't need to go into all that, but it, it, it's those values go a long way, yeah. right? They very much go a long way. And, 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 going through life and, and, you know, the, the, you know, not being a victim is huge. Yeah. And I think that things have unfortunately kind of changed in that regard because it's so easy now yeah. because everybody has access to this and they can, they can go say, well, look at what bad happened to me, whatever. It was crazy. I was, you know, you're talking about the impossible. And I, um, I, I watched this, uh, this deal and I don't know why, for whatever reason I got on, it was this guy that had been attacked by a bear, right? And it's literally the most horrific bear attack you could ever have described. His face is ripped off. He's saying his jaws hanging, his one of his eyes not working, the other one's like hanging out of his head. And uh, you know, it, it was such an incredible just description of what he's going through and and his fight to survive that you know, he gets to this point and then he gets in his truck and he's trying to drive, but the only thing he can see, and he had to like tie a shirt around his head so that his jaw didn't fall off and, and his leg is mangled and he's using his gun like to, you know, it was just a phenomenal. And I'm sitting here watching this and I'm like, I'm getting inspiration from that. Cause I'm like, all right, well, I'm thinking about if a bear attacked me, what would we do here? And then how would I fight through that the same way? Cause I wouldn't quit either for sure. And I'm like, well, your face, I would try to pull my face back on and I would, you know, like, it's just incredible, like what, what the mind can do. And I can only imagine what that guy was going through, but you know, it's like, I'm going to fight to survive and he survived and 
is amazing the plastic surgery they did uh to get you know his, his so he lived he literally guy. lived to, and he could tell this story that, that of this bear attacking him i would love to talk to him it would be incredible but uh it's just like achieving like most people would would have died 100 percent for sure they would have given up there they would have, there's no way they would have made it out of that situation but he did you know because it was just kind of taking one step and and doing the next thing and you know it's, it's that mentality and and uh you know now we'll look at look at what he's doing now he he got to a point where he's telling a story and i'm watching it and he's providing inspiration to me i can only imagine how many people he inspired right. so he got put in that situation i believe really because he could survive it and now somebody else somewhere could be going through something and they're saying well gosh what i'm going through is not having my face ripped off by a bear yeah. i can do it too right and i'll like, bet when, yeah. i'll bet if you ask him he isn't going to talk about that story like he's a victim no he's he, not no, no he's gonna accept that. i didn't hear any i certainly did not at all yeah. like it, it, you didn't pick up on any of that and and it would be so easy like you said everybody everybody could find something that they that could be their one thing like you said what we, for the rest of their life that's that's well i'm a victim because of this and you know we talked about this earlier and i had asked you the question and i i said i'm going to ask you this later which was you know in um your third strongman, world's strongest man. Yep. You know, the, you've told this story a million times about the, the you know, racing against the Drunus. You get the bag. You're going to win. Yep. The bag falls off. You have to pick it up, put it back on. Yep. And that's a plus, plus, you know, you end up losing by a second and a half or whatever it is. Yeah. And so many people, there were, there's a whole backstory to that in that, when you guys go, there's water in the bags and there's water spraying out of the bags. And there are things that were outside of your control that Big led time, yeah. to that result. Yep. But you never talk about those things. No. You, you talk about what you learned from that experience. And I asked you, you know, are you grateful for that? You, you know, are you grateful that you faced that challenge that, you know, would you go back and undo that if you could? Yeah. Or has the, has what you learned from that quote unquote failure or fall, coming short been worth the, you know, the lesson. And, yeah, it's, and you said, no, I, I mean, here's the deal it, it, that, that is definitely without a doubt. That could be one of those situations that I could have said, well, I came this close to winning, you world's know, strongest world's strongest man. And, and this happened and it was out of my control and here was the problem. And, you know, like yeah. I easily, right. And that's, you know, I could have been one of those names that came this close to winning, never won. And that was the end of it. And, and, you know, Oh, poor me for the rest of my life is like, well, I could have done that. I should have done that. And if this wouldn't have happened or whatever, yeah. but, but the truth is a lot of that was out of my control. Right. And, and that's just the facts of the matter. It was the bag did have gravel in it. It did get water in it. It did get heavier as it went. And that's just, but whatever, I wasn't thinking that at the moment, you're just trying to win. And you know, it, uh, it could have ended a lot differently, but instead of being negative about it and using it as an excuse and, and going down that road, I, tr I very much have tried in that, you know, now at this point is what, 13 years ago or something like that, very much tried to, to be driven because of it. And, and in spite of that happening, okay, now that's a motivating factor, right? To be better, to drive harder, to, 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 and maybe, maybe, you know, 
different aspects of that I've broken down a little bit more where, okay, now I'm going to pay attention to, well, does the bag have water in it? Right? Like what, 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 what factors can I identify now with, within, you know, I mean, there's just different things, man. And I could tell so many of these stories. I would argue, I would argue that because you reacted to that challenge, the way you did responded to that challenge, the way you did. And then it's four, World's strongest man's after that, after that three Arnold's, right? You have, you know, you for seven, seven years, you're six or seven years. You are the undisputed king of strong man. It's not even close. It's a foregone conclusion. And you have 16 years where you're in the top three. It's unprecedented. It's not even, I would argue that because you responded to that moment, the way you did, it means that you would respond to the bear attack the exact same way he sure. did, right? Yep. I, Zach, who was our original digital media guy, he interviewed me a couple of years ago. He wanted to do this. He'd been bugging me about, this is early on in our digital media. I was telling you guys about, you know, we, we had a small channel at that time. We, we only have 30,000 subscribers, but that's a lot in our industry. That's yeah, a huge, that's enormous yep. in our industry. Um, he wanted to do the story of Walker. He said, we need to go for a walk and you need to tell your story, why you think the way you do, why you operate the way you do. And I said to him, you know, Zach, I don't think anyone cares about that. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, he'd been asking for two months. And finally, he talked me into it. And I actually said during the, it was a one-hour thing, and I actually said during it, you know, I don't even want to do this. I trust you. You're the expert here. I trust you that our audience cares about this. Yeah. But he asked me at one point in the middle of that, if you could go back and undo your mom's murder, if you had the ability to go back and not have your mom be murdered, would you do that? Like, it floored me. I had no idea he was going to ask me the question. You know, and, and, and the story is a little more complicated. Like, my brother and I are the ones who found her. I mean, it was a, a much, you know, it was a really gruesome type thing, right? Totally. Yeah. And my response was, I wouldn't. You know, as much as I miss my mom, and I do, and as much as I miss not growing up with her, and I believe that I... I, if anyone has to go through that, yeah, I know I could survive it. Therefore, I'm okay with it being me. I know that I can try to find something positive out of it. Sure. And therefore, I'm okay with it being me. And I think that goes to that point, what I learned from my father about leadership and success being a responsibility, right? It's not, it's a blessing, but it's also a huge responsibility. And I think that, and that goes to the mindset stuff. All the stuff over your gym is like all, it's all mind. One of the things that really stands out is how you don't promote yourself in your gym. Like so much of what's in the gym, like your world's strongest man banners are in a place where people aren't going to see them the moment they walk in the gym. It's really like yeah. most guys are like, it's going to be, you know, they have a big picture of themselves or whatever. Your yeah. gym's not like that. It's all motivational stuff center. Over the door is be great, mm-hmm. right? It's not how great you are. It's a message. It's a testament to how you need to be great. Yep. And, and I, and the world needs more people like that. Yep. You know, it, it, the world really needs more people who teach mindset and we'll are, see. And, and, you know, speaking of that moment, that, that moment at world's strongest man, that's where be great came from right. because that's what, that's what popped in my head on the 17 hour plane ride home where I didn't sleep at all. And you're thinking about all of the scenarios, what I could have done different. And, you know, you come this close to winning, you work this hard and it didn't happen and whatever. And that's, that's literally where that popped in my head. And I I came home and the next training session, I found a piece of wood 
and I took a, a, a like a big marker and that just wrote be great and I I set it on this electrical box because at that time I was training in a um a uh a, a storeroom of a, a grocery store that had gone out of business you know so I, I just set it right there on that electrical box and it was just a piece of wood with those black letters on it and you know just said be great and that's that's just stuck with me you know from that moment but you know I I, I would agree you know 100 percent, and it's I mean that's such a a extreme situation that you're talking about with your mom to go through and and literally to answer that question that way is so much like I wouldn't even compare me drop or having a sandbag drop at world's strongest man. But, it's not but, even in the same. But I, but I tell my kids yeah. this all the time that I tell everyone who listened to me, um, uh, the, the big decisions are nothing but uh, a bunch of little decisions put together and all the little decisions are just practice for the big ones. So you can tell. I would agree with that. You know, yeah. you can you can look at how you know how the, the old adage that character is who we are when no one's watching, mm. right? It's the, the how does someone handle the little decisions? Yep. Like how does someone? Because that is the that is indicative to how they'll handle the big moments. How do they handle the little moments? Yep. That's how they'll handle the big moments, right? Because all the big without moments a are, doubt, without right? a doubt, yes. And that's my my argument is is that you you can look into the little moments with everyone and see what they're really made of. But you test it in the big moments. That's a very, very well said. I like yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, all, all those small decisions, it, 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 for sure, for sure, an indicator of, of how you would react where, where something really goes wrong or, you know, there, there's a very hard decision that needs to be made. You know, these type of things are, you know, you, you, you can find out a lot about yourself in those moments as well. But, but again, it's all, it's all the moments that people don't see, you know, right. and, and that's, that's so true, uh, you know, behind closed doors, because now we do live in a world where so much gets shared and right. so much is out there. And it's so easy to not be truthful in what you're putting out to the world. And, and, and then that the, the, the camera turns off or the phone's not on or whatever, and then you're a completely different person. Yep. And now you're almost living a fake life or, or whatever, whatever that might be. So you're not the person that you're putting out to the world. And, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's crazy to me that that does happen because I, I don't know how to do that. I'm the same person. And, and yep. a lot of people, the, so many people have said that when they've actually met me yeah. is like, they expect almost that I'm a different person on the videos or what they've seen. Yeah. than when they talk to me in person, it's like, well, you're exactly the same as what you I are, saw. On the yeah, video. And you are literally 100%. The same. Yeah. I get the same thing. I tell my audience all that I, you know, I, I promise you, I am who I am totally on yeah. camera is who I am in real life. That's yes. I just go on the camp. My mom, I, another story about my mom in the seventh grade, I had to give a speech. I actually gave a keynote in Boston a few weeks ago and told this story. But I had to give a speech in the seventh grade on the Iroquois Indian. And I was terrified about getting up in front of my classmates. And, and I, it, while I talk a lot, I'm actually not a very social person, believe it or not. I'm actually very introverted. And I didn't want to get up in front of my classmates. And I asked my mom, how do I do that? And she said to me, speak about something you believe in. She said, get up in front of them, open your heart, close your eyes, and let it rip. Yeah. So take your mind out of it. Just be you. And from that day forward, I have always, for better or I worse. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I have just, from better or worse, 
be yourself. And, and yeah. by the way, Brian, you literally are the same. Like anybody who meets you in person is going to be like, you are literally the exact same guy. <laughs> same, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Literally <laughs> same. You are literally the same guy. It's, it's, it really is mind-boggling, actually. It really is. Um, it, even people look different. You don't look different. So when you see someone on camera, yeah. you see them on YouTube all the time, and then you meet them in person, they oftentimes look different. Like their profile looks different or whatever. You look sure. exactly the same, man. Well, really we crazy. don't we don't do any special effects with <laughs> no, the, the video either, you know. So it's because uh, you guys don't have the money for that kind of special effect. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> can't make me look better anyway. So it's why would we try? That, that's what Eddie would say. Yeah, yeah. That's no, he Eddie, would say if that. If he was yeah, here yeah. right now, that would have been his rip. I I left it for him. That's awesome, man. Why well, I, I know that you have a a team dinner to get to, yes. but I appreciate you number one being here. All the conversations, being a sponsor of the Shaw Classic. I mean, it's. There's so much cool stuff that happened today, really. And I think that, that you know, anybody listening uh, to this, if you didn't get a takeaway out of that, go back and listen again. Because it honestly, like, there's so much, there's so much great stuff that was shared. Um, and, and like I said, I feel like the whole conversation, we didn't even really talk about what you necessarily do. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's like like a whole side shoot of it. But I think people find it fascinating. And, and uh, you know, as things come out more, um, you know, with the vision system and, you know, stuff that we're going to be able to share with the Shaw Classic will keep yep. people and We will updated. be at the expo. So anybody who's, so 100%. we will be at the expo, yeah. we'll be able to. And the, and the expo is free. The expo is free to attend. I, I feel like I haven't said that enough. Okay. So anybody out there that's thinking about coming, if you're in the area, maybe you don't have tickets or whatever, you don't need to have a ticket. Just come to the expo. You can you can check this out, and uh, we've got all kinds of speakers and, and great stuff going on. So the whole weekend is going to be awesome. If you're coming, it's, it's going to be awesome. We're working very hard to make it awesome, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be great, man. It's, it's going to be, be great. So anybody that wants to find you, where would they where would they go? Uh, the best place to um, so we, uh, they can find us on our YouTube channel, which is Four Solutions. Um, the best place to find me is on Twitter. Actually, I, Twitter is the only social media I manage myself. So if, okay. you, if you DM me on Twitter, it's actually it, going it's through. actually me. I actually reply. Awesome, man. So, awesome. But you can follow our fitness and journey. And what's your Twitter? It's at Walker D. Reynolds. Got it. Same thing with Instagram. Um, Instagram is all of our fitness stuff. So if you want to see our fitness journey and me, I'm currently chasing the Texas State And when is, that, when is that record going to happen? So where I'm at today, because today I did the 415 top with a, I did 315, 16 reps, and I did 225, 27 times today. 411 is the state record. I, I'm going to, I think once I get that top to um, 465, I'll be ready to, and I'll enter in a meet. That's probably going to be September. Awesome. I awesome, originally awesome. thought it would take all the way till April. So I'm going to go ahead and break the raw in September, I think. And then I'll do the equipped the next month. Uh, I want to break both records and, and, um, that's killer. Yeah. Love it's, it. I love it, man. That's and I, and that's I got awesome. it. The first time I pressed a, gr a weight greater than the state record was in your gym. I love it, so, man. I love awesome. it. We'll, we'll 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 check that off the list. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. I man. love it. Well, I, pr I appreciate you talking, man, and and I we'll uh, you. get you out of here. But uh, hope you all enjoyed that podcast, and uh, definitely appreciate you guys' support. Hope you're all doing amazing. For now, go out and be great, and we'll check you guys later.